Good morning, everybody. Take your Bibles, please. Psalm chapter 98, please. Psalm chapter 98. We'll get started here in just a moment. Psalm chapter 98. Get everything set up. All right. Well, it's a privilege to speak to you, and uh, I think most of you know what I'm going to speak on. Uh, maybe some of you freshmen have no idea at this point, but uh, this is a message on music. And let me say this right out of the gate. Some of you <clears throat> have heard some of these things several times. Um, there's a reason for that. Um, these are basic truths that are desperately needed in a day and age in which we live. Um, so I'm going to go through a lot of this stuff quickly that I go over, and I'm going to, Lord willing, give some practical application today that will be eye-opening to some of you, uh, hopefully very helpful, and um, know where you stand when you're done with this message, at least really get yourselves thinking. Uh, juniors and up, you've been in my class uh, in philosophy of church music, and you've gone through uh, some of the truths for two weeks. You go through that, sophomores, you'll take it here in a few months. Uh, but let me just tell you, the area of music is not just, yeah, okay, I'm glad we have some good music in the church. The area of music is world-changing. Now, it's not as important as following the Lord and, and salvation, obviously. It's not as important as spending time with God in prayer and meeting with Him. But I will tell you right now, what is the first thing that most churches around the world do when you come into a church service on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever else, what do they do? They sing. Music is an absolutely integral part. It was an integral part back in the early church. It's an integral, integral part with the Lord himself. It's an integral part today in our services. And obviously, Satan would try to distort something that's so integral, so important. He has tried to distort prayer. Uh, the charismatics, you know, in their whole way of doing things. Uh, he tried to distort the whole aspect of the Holy Spirit. And people for years in our, in, our, in our movement shied away from even talking about the Holy Spirit and still do. Why? Well, of all the charismatics. The Holy Spirit's the third person of the Trinity. But because Satan hijacked it, it we, we went off the rails on, on it. So, some, some, some people did. God, uh, God has a purpose for all these things, but Satan is, he's brilliant. And he hijacks, and he subtly does it, and he slowly does it. And I'll tell you, young people, one of the biggest battles, you, especially you young men, but I'll tell you, young ladies, you will be married to, hopefully, Lord willing, a preacher of the gospel. You are probably more important than the guy. I'll say more about that in a few minutes. But young men, you'll be in a pulpit, you'll be traveling around, and there are too many of my generation, too many of your generation that are absolutely selling out to the world. To put it bluntly, personally, I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. And we need young men who are absolutely unashamed of what they believe. You know, we get out there and, oh, we got to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And we start to kind of, you know, compromise here and compromise there. And Satan's just laughing because he knows he has you. A young person, it starts, well, it's already started in your life. Some of you have already had compromises in your life. Maybe some of you have got right with God about it. Maybe God's using you. But it starts right here, right now, in college. 
Some of you, juniors and seniors, have really responded to God in the areas of uh, uh, personal holiness, music included. And you really are walking uh, in step with what God wants, and God's using you, and God's blessing your life. Some of you, maybe juniors and seniors, not to be out of the gate, you know, real tough here, but some of you maybe have resisted. It is not about Baptist College of Ministry. It's not about Falls Baptist Church. It's about the Word of God. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. It's about the Word of God. And by the way, if you don't know this, I think you know this, I am passionate. I am absolutely passionate about this area of music. Um, I'm an evangelist. God has called me to, to preach the gospel, preach the, preach the word around the country, around the world, wherever God has called me to do it. But one thing that God has gifted me in, it's his gift, it's his calling, is the area of music. I didn't know where that would come. I didn't know where all the training in my life uh, came into focus, but God has put this into focus. And I was up quite a bit last night, and man, I got stirred as to where our movement is heading, and it's not the right direction. And we need young people who don't care what their peers think. They only care what God thinks. They don't care what the world does. They only care what God commands. And you know, it's not about, I say this a thousand times in my class, juniors, seniors, you know this, it is not about what the rule book says. We don't tell you, don't listen to this song. We may have a list and stuff. But the point is, we are here to help you with principles. But music is such a personal thing. It's personally to the Lord, too. Did you know that? You know, we, we, we have problems with it because it's connected to who we are. We compromise in it because it makes us feel good. It's very connected to who we are. Psalm 98, a chapter that I, I want to read in its entirety. Psalm 98, verse 1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. For he hath done marvelous things, his right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation. His righteousness hath he openly shown in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All the earth make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp with the harp and the voice of a psalm, with trumpets and the sound of chorus, make a joyful noise between the, before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands, let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he cometh to judge the earth. With righteousness shall he judge the world and the people with equity. The whole world, the whole earth is equipped to praise God. Did you know that? You are, as a creation of God, with a spirit inside of you, and if you're saved, which I, I assume all of you are here, uh, you are equipped with the spirit of God to praise the Lord, your creator. An amazing thing. Isn't that amazing? Man, you guys are either scared of what's about to come up down the pike in a couple minutes, or you are asleep. Because I, I don't know what's going on. Some of you have this look like Mr. Van. He's coming out of the gate like a charging bull. What's going on? Some of you maybe are just sleeping, okay? Do I need to like wake you up, stand you up, run you around the building, something like that? You're still Oh, my, okay. Uh, you know, I, I would have you look at your neighbor and say something, but me, I don't know what to say. So, <laughs> wake up here, folks. You are able to praise the Lord. You're equipped to praise God. You have, a, uh, you have the Lord Jesus Christ who stands between you and judgment. He has saved your soul. Isn't that amazing? You have the opportunity to speak the gospel. But you know, you are a person that has a living soul. You have a, a feelings inside of you. 
And many times this praise, this song to the Lord becomes distorted because of who we are. Because of who we are. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5, very familiar passage. Ephesians chapter 5. This, uh, this passage is in a context, okay, of, uh, you, know the, you know where I'm going, Ephesians 5, verse number 19, verse number 18, 19. It's in a passage, verse number 1 talks about being followers of God, verse number 2 talks about walking in love like Christ loved us, verse number 3 through 7 talks about putting away the things of the world, verse number 8, walking in the light, uh, verse number 15, uh, walking circumspectly, walking carefully, uh, verse number 16, redeeming the time. Good verse for college students. Okay, don't let self or the world control who you are. Verse number 17, understanding the will of God. That's a huge verse for all of us. Walking under the control of the Spirit. Verse 18, verse number 19, giving heartfelt praise to the Lord. Verse number 20, giving thanks to God. Ties right in with praise and music. And then the rest of the chapter talks about relationships that come out of a heart of praise and thankfulness. Now, some people will, you know, oh, it's just Ephesians 5, 19. This chapter, this verse, this, this passage is a big deal. We look at verse number 18. I've, I've preached this behind this pulpit many times, but in verse number 18, and be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. We know what this means. Don't be under the control of any substance. Obviously, I hope none of you in here are under the control of alcohol. I think we would know that by now. Not to be silly at all. That'd be a devastating thing. Some of you maybe have seen in your family or extended family the control of alcohol or the control of drugs or the control of uh, something on a person. And you see what it does to their body, to their lifestyle. The Bible says don't be under control of anything. Nothing. But be filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit. Colon. Thoughts not over. You've heard that a thousand times from preachers. That runs right into verse number 19. When you are controlled by the Holy Spirit... When you are overpowered with his uh, life and, and who he is, what happens? Your, your, your life speaks forth praise. You know, this, ver this first part, speaking to the Lord, is a private communal with God. As you are filled to overflowing with the Spirit of God, it spills out in joy and praise to him. You can't help it. He's the object and audience of your rejoicing. All right, most of you in here cannot relate to this. There's a few married men in here. Um, so uh, I have a wife, okay? And when I think about my wife, it, and, I, and, I, and I'm like, oh, man, I got a pretty wife. I love my wife. and She's such an incredible help me to me. And da, 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 da. It comes out to her. When I speak to her, and I, and I thank her for for, for supper, by the way, guys, that's a really good thing to do. Um, I'm serious. Okay, side note, has nothing to do with the message. Um, be thankful. But I'm thankful, and, I, and I'm praising her, and I think of her as God wants me to think of her, and I love her like God wants me to love her, and I sacrifice myself for her. Guess what? It just comes out joy and praise towards my, towards my wife. I can't help but love her even more. You know, when you love somebody, when you love something... You talk about it. Your life starts to be like it. It starts to show it. That's why some guys, uh, Pastor Ma uh, uh, Matthew Weber, 
Okay, he used to be, I don't know if you know him, uh, his story, but he used to be uh, hooked on, addicted to drugs and all those things before he was saved. An amazing, amazing story of redemption of what God did in his life. But he told me many times when he was in college, he said, Daniel, I could look at a person and not tell you, not just only tell you what music they listen to, I could tell you what they were doing with their life. I could tell you all the things of their life. I could look at them and tell you because your life is a window to who you are. Your, your body and the outside shell is a window to your soul. You know, if you are controlled inside by the Holy Spirit, what comes out? Now, you might be having a bad day today, right? Now, we should be having a bad day. Is the Holy Spirit still the same? Has God changed? What's changed? Our circumstances, our feelings. He hasn't changed. That's not the message today. But he hasn't changed. We know that, we know that our, our, our song we say, he's still the same. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has not changed. And unfortunately, well, I'm having a bad day. Well, that means you're off, not him. That means I'm off, not him. Our feelings are off. Our body is off. Our, well, something's off. But you know what? The Holy Spirit hasn't changed. And when we're controlled by him, you will praise the Lord. Some of you are more apt to sing or, or to praise the Lord. I always give this illustration, but um, and I've said it a thousand times. But Philip Raines, I love Philip Raines. Most of you don't even know. It's a whole generation past. But you know the, the Maguana, from Maguanago, uh, he's just a pastor there, a real close friend of mine. Uh, literally, I traveled all over the country with him several years. And uh, he literally, his son does this now, he told me. He would just break out in a song, but he could never start at the beginning. He'd always start in a random spot in the song. Not because he just started in the third line of the song. It's because he was singing it and hearing it came out. He just couldn't help it. just bubbled out and he started singing. Because I asked him, I said, are you just starting on, you know, third verse, third line? Because that is the most annoying thing. Like, can you just, like, you know, cue us in a little bit earlier so we can all join you? He said, no, I was just singing. It just had to pop out. I'm not sure I've ever, I think I've been maybe once or twice ever in my entire life if I've ever been around that guy where I've ever seen him down. Because he's praising the Lord. And out of his mouth comes praise. That's exactly what verse 20 is saying, or 19 is saying. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, make, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Once again, He's our audience. Our singing and praise should never be directed to man, and it should never be about ourselves. If it ever is, you have completely destroyed the purpose of praise to God. Our music should be for the glory of God. You know, music's a big deal to God. There are hundreds of verses about music in the Bible. Now, where people get off <clears throat> in our generation is, well, God doesn't actually tell you that you can't have. But did you know that this song that you like was actually before? And did you know this? And they just start to throw all kinds of literally random things at you to distract you from the fact that they're not following principles in God's words. Is there ever anything in the Bible at all? Is there ever one mention about not smoking cigarettes? Come on now, answer me. No, okay? For all the jokes people make about, there is not. But there is a principle, and there's several. There's multiple, okay? Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Just the practical sense of destroying it. But there's a lot of things, okay? The, what we just talked about, controlling. Okay, does the Bible specifically talk about a lot of things? No, because generations have changed. There weren't cigarettes back in that day, I don't think. 
There wasn't a lot of the things that we see today in the problems in our world today. But I tell you what, the principles of the word of God, if you believe who God is, they're timeless. And if you start making excuses, well, the Bible doesn't say it. You are on a dangerous path to compromise. Actually, you probably already are compromised. And if you're hearing college as a young person say, well, hey, you know, this isn't in the rule book, but the, I don't see it in the Bible. I don't see it in the Bible. I can promise you right now, there are biblical principles behind everything you are required to do here at Baptist College of Ministry. Biblical principles. Yes, there's practical things. The infamous shower shoes, okay? If you want fungus on your feet and be, have more power to it, go for it, okay? It's pretty nasty. I never had it. I don't want it, okay? If you want all that stuff, but you know it's practical to wear shower shoes in the shower because somebody else might spread it to you, okay? But, you know, there's a lot of things in, in, in your handbook and a lot of things that we talk about that are based on principles. Yes, it's not going to say thou shalt not or thou shalt. There's only ten commandments. But do we only follow the ten commandments? No. There's principles throughout the word of God. Romans chapter uh, 12, verses 1 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. That kind of rules a lot of things, doesn't it? And the world changes. The world gets, you know... Worse and worse. Well, don't be conformed to it. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but it's a big deal. What God wants to do, what our worship is a big deal. God does care about it. You know, we talk about black and white, right? Well, it's not real black and white. I remember an evangelist kind of came here back when I was in college, and he had us write on a, on a piece of paper. He had us write, I think I gave this illustration last time I preached this as well, but he gave an illustration. He said it has right a line. And one side was right with God. The other side was not right with God. And he said, where are you? Mark it on the line. Put an X. And then he said, um, okay, if you put it on, you know, I actually had us bow our heads and had us raise our hands. And he said, all you raising your hands on any place in the line, anywhere except for the, the two bookends, you're... Uh, you're you should be putting it all the way at the far end of not right with God. Because with God, there's no black, there's no gray. You know, God doesn't say, hmm, did he actually sin? I don't know. Is that a big deal? I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but there's no, there's no think tank in heaven. I don't know if that song really worshipped me. Should I, should I give them blessing for that? I don't know. Did that break my law? God doesn't have that question. I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all. God knows exactly what he commands, and he knows exactly the principles he has in his word. And he requires us to find out what they are. And if we truly walk with him and draw closer to him, guess what? We draw nigh to him, and he will. And as he gets closer to us, he illumines our path. He talks about in Psalms, and our, every step we take is illumined. Well, I don't know what to do. The world's so confusing, and I don't, people are, ask him. He's real clear. He really is. Um, you know, I have had so many young people come through our college, my wife included, who, who may not have had the music standards of what I have today. My wife came to a different place in her music standards. She was rebelling against her parents. She was rebelling against what God had in her life. And she was rebelling against this college. She did not want to she hear the testimony. My wife did not want to be here as a freshman, okay? 18-year-old freshman had no desire to be at Baptist College Ministry. And she was going to put her music away for the semester, come back and play it whenever she wanted to. Let me just tell you the end of the story. My wife, I think I said this in choir, my wife is the brick wall behind me. I couldn't compromise in music. 
even if I wanted to. As I said, inquire, she'd kill me, and then we'd talk about it later. There's no, there's, God has brought her to a point where, you know, this is what I believe, and we're not moving on it. It's a big deal. God, God sees music as right or wrong. Now, I, I understand. We can't always tell you that. And by the way, you're noticing more and more, like in my class, people ask, well, what about this person? Well, why don't you ask the Lord about that? I'm not going to tell you every single little thing. Now, I'm going to talk about some stuff today. But I'm not going to spoon feed you, this guy's right, this guy's wrong. This guy's right, this guy's wrong. Because partially, obviously, my opinion is going to seep into that. Okay? I agree with that. I'll tell you young people, God can speak to you. Do you believe that? He can tell you. I've talked to many pastors who said, Daniel, please tell me musically why this is wrong. Because I don't know why it's wrong musically, but I know it's wrong because God told me it's wrong. But please tell me why so I can tell the music people, my, the people in my church that know music why it's wrong. I've had that scores of times. I can't even talk about how many times. It, it, all the time, people come to me. And there's a lot of pastors and a lot of you in here. By the way, you need the music training so you don't go off the rails musically, by the way. You have the two extremes. The guys who don't know anything about music, they go off the rails because their music guys get them off. And the guys who know too much about music and their emotions get them off. You need somebody who is, I believe, called to preach and grounded in the word of God who knows what's going on. Praise the Lord for a, uh, a guy like uh, Pastor Van who leads our music in our church, who is a preacher, a pastor, a, word, uh, a preacher of the word of God first. That rules what he does. But it's a big deal. Ephesians 5, verses 8, uh, 8, 8 and 10 talk about proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. There are things that are acceptable, and there's things that are not acceptable to God. I give this definition in, in class. God honoring music is that music which is completely under the control of the Spirit of God, and is devoid of any worldly, fleshly, or self-centered elements. It communicates biblical truth powerfully and directly to a man's spirit, and it ultimately pleases the Lord and brings glory to his name. Let me ask you a straightforward question. Don't answer it, obviously, out loud. Is that the music of your life? Okay, there's rules in place here at BCM. But is that the music, if you took away all the rules and you did, and you, and you reset to your default settings, is your music, without a doubt and any little mm in your conscience, would it be completely under the control of the Spirit of God, devoid of any worldly flesh or self-centered elements? Would it communicate biblical truth powerfully and directly to a man's spirit? And would it absolutely, 100%, ultimately please the Lord and bring glory to his name? Based on the truth that you have been given through the Word of God. That's a big question. Because if not, you're probably disobeying God in the area of music, and you're on the road to compromise. This is one of the most subtle things that can destroy a man, a family, and a ministry. And I'm going to talk about it specifically today. What does God have to say about it? Well, God has a standard of holiness. We talked about this. Uh, obviously, the, uh, the um, office of the president is up for grabs these days. Um, obviously, I, I appreciate a lot of the things that uh, is happening in our country today. I don't appreciate some of the child, childish behavior that happens, but I do appreciate some of the things that, you know, like Supreme Court justice and stuff like that. But let's just say you were brought, you were given the opportunity to go to the president, meet the president of the United States of America. Okay, some of you have met Governor Walker. He doesn't really count because he's such a, you know, common guy. He's just kind of a, you know, hey, what's up, Scott kind of guy. That's just who he is. It's, you know, so you walk in, you talk to him, you feel like you're just talking to your next, you know, guy sitting next to you in, in chapel. Um, but let's just say Donald Trump invited you to the White House. All right? And you came to the White House, and you were, you were invited to the White House. What would you go to the White House in? You, 
Would you go in your painting clothes, guys? Torn, ripped jeans. I mean, some people would, but I guess. But would you go in that? No, you, would you go in something, you know, oh, I don't smell very well. Ugh. Well, you know, it's okay. I'll just, you know, spray some, you know, cologne on. My hair's not, you know, whatever. I didn't wash it a couple of days. I'm fine. Would you do that, ladies? Would you do that? Nobody in their right mind would do that. If you walked into the, the White House to have a, a meeting in the Oval Office with Donald Trump, whether or not you like the guy personally, he's the President of the United States of America, the most powerful nation on earth, and you walk into the Oval Office, I believe you would walk in, guys, with the nicest suit you could find. Probably a Donald J. Trump tie. <laughs> I've got one. Um, need to borrow it. Okay. You'd walk in, you maybe would even buy a new suit. Ladies, you would find the nicest outfit you could absolutely find. Your hair would be all done up nice. You would be, uh, but all of us would smell good, okay? Probably some of us would smell a little bit too good, okay? And you'd walk in there and you'd learn the protocol and you'd learn what to do. You'd learn how to communicate with the president. You wouldn't talk too much, hopefully. Uh, you would be unbelievably respectful of the office of the president. If you were invited to speak with Queen Elizabeth in, in London, okay, there's some, I guess, subjects of Queen Elizabeth in here, some of you Canadians, uh, technically, um, you're part of the Commonwealth. Uh, so uh, we were invited, it doesn't matter if we're not, you know, she's a queen. You know, you wouldn't walk in and say, hey, 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 what's up, Elizabeth II? High five. Oh, you don't do this, okay. Uh, you wouldn't do that. You would, you would you, if you did, you would get... You'd get escorted, probably tossed out by the, you know, the guys in red and black hats. Um, I'm telling you right now, you would do the same thing. You would absolutely study everything you could about British uh, formalities, and there are a ton. And uh, you probably wouldn't speak in a British accent, unless you had it. Um, I'm just saying, you wouldn't make fun of anything they did. You would bow correctly. I don't know if you have to bow anyways to the, to the queen. Some of you would have to, but I don't think we would have to. But you would bow your head or, or do whatever respectful motion you would learn and you would be unbelievably on your best behavior. You'd have the highest respect. What about going into the throne room of the king of kings? Well, every morning I, 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 I meet with the Lord. Well, I, I'm sure you do. What about when you listen to your music? What about when you commune with him on that level? Do you jerk him down to this status of like fist bumps? Is that who God is to you? You know, it's a big deal. You know, our, we are sinners saved by grace. Yes, we have a friend in Jesus, and I am absolutely thankful for that. But he's not the same level as a friend that's sitting next to you in, in college, is he? He happens to be the creator of the universe. And unfortunately, the music that we allow into our ears sometimes, the music we allow into our churches, is not fit for a throne room. It's fit for a nightclub. So I don't listen to stuff with drums and stuff. That's not even the point these days. The sensuality in music is pervading everything. Satan has just, literally Satan has so subtly changed our minds about what is right and wrong that we argue for wrong stuff thinking it's okay that 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago would have been completely in the camp of no way. That would have been wrong. And the music we listen to and the music we bring into the throne room 
And you might say, well, I don't do that. I don't have that music. I only listen to, you know, whatever. I listen to the ones from Falls Baptist Church. I don't listen to any of my music. You know, before you get high and mighty, what's your heart saying? Where's your heart? Because if your heart is off, you're going to go right there. You might say, well, I don't break any rules of BCM. But you're conforming. You're not transforming. You're conforming to this school. You're not transforming to his, what God wants. Hey, it's not about this school. God forbid that this school would be the thing that makes or breaks what you do with music and standards. It's a guidance. If God led you here, God wants you to learn what he has here, right? It's part of the journey of your life. But it's not about Baptist College of Ministry. It's not about Falls Baptist Church. It's not about what Pastor Van Gelderen thinks and he preaches. It is what it is what God wants for your life. And if you know what God wants for your life, then get on board with it. Maybe you say, well, I don't know about music. It's so confusing. Well, that just, that, that just signals to me you haven't been communing with God enough about it. Sorry to be so blunt. Well, I don't know. Well, go learn about music. Take some music lessons. There's a lot here to offer. Why don't I have time? Well, do it. Seriously. Well, I don't know. I, I'm telling you, God has equipped you right in this place to learn. God's standard is holiness, by the way. I won't go through the whole chapter, but Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah walks into the throne room, and he's overwhelmed with his own sinfulness. Not with the holiness, he's overwhelmed with the holiness of God, but the first thing he thinks about is not, wow, it's, I am a man of unclean lips. You know what that means? I can't even praise the Lord. I can't open my mouth. I'm not even fit to be here. I, I can't, why am I here? I, I can't even praise God. He wasn't overwhelmed by, the, by, by, by how amazing and, and cool it was. And, I mean, that was all part of it. It's amazing. It's overwhelming. It's awe-inspiring. It's awesome in the real sense. He was overwhelmed with his problems. Young people, we come to the Lord knowing our own issues. We come to the Lord in, our, in humility. And we come to the Lord worshiping him because we know we aren't worthy. But he is. How's that going to change the way we worship him and the music we listen to? You know, this music today that comes up and kind of puts their arm around Jesus and talks to him like that. It's not appropriate. God gives commands throughout uh, the Bible. Psalm 29, 2, give, uh, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, lifestyle. That includes music. Because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. 2 Corinthians 6, 17, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. We are absolutely commanded not to be a part of the world and that includes music. For some reason, my generation loves to Exclude music from that list. Oh, and dress too. If the world's doing it, do you think we have any, should have any part in it? And there's some things that are not moral or immoral, okay? world's eating Big Macs. Should we eat Big Macs? Probably not, but we can, right? They don't do much for us, okay? But we probably, you know, we can. I'm saying with a moral or, or something that is moral, has a moral substance, either immoral or moral, or good or bad, should we be doing what the world does? No. Are so drawn to the world because we're not drawing nigh to our God. Where do you stand on this issue? Do you know what you believe? When you get to my class, I'll be challenging you with that. Right, juniors and seniors? I'll make you think. 
not just about music. And some of you come out of that, that one-hour class going, I don't believe anything. You say, well, I believe a lot of stuff. No, it's probably what your parents believe or what this college says. What do you believe? If you were taken completely out of everything, like Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1, he was stripped away from his parents, he was stripped away from his, his locale, his friends, everything, except for those three guys, he was stripped away and he, and he was basically put in the worst of temptations. I don't know if you know what, what Babylon was like, but it wasn't a, you know, this beautiful little place of seclusion and morality. It was horrible, immoral, awful, garbage everywhere. And he lived there. And you know what he did? He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And he started with the smallest thing, a portion of the king's meat. Young people, are you purposing in your heart that you're not going to defile yourself with the smallest thing? By the way, it applies to more than music, but music's a big deal. Well, it's just one song. Did you know that Jill Van Gelder, my sister-in-law, Pastor Van's wife came to college because God used a song in her heart that didn't check here. She came here, and that was that song's over. It's not part of what she listens to because it wasn't allowed here. The point is, it was a small thing. She could have said, well, God used that song to lead me here. I'm going to listen to it if it doesn't check. What do you think that would have done to her conscience? Think she'd be a pastor's wife today? Raising seven cute little unbiased kids? You think so? Small little conscious thing. Not a big deal. Well, you know, I'm just going to listen to it and nobody's hearing the music and it, I don't think it's on the list I can listen to it, but you know what? It's okay because I think it's good. During break time, well, I'll go back and listen to all the music I have even though the covenant says I'm supposed to not do it during the break time. I'll still do it. In summertime, when I'm on the work site, there's nobody around. I'm in the car. I'll just turn on the Christian radio. Whatever comes out, I'll listen to it. It's no big deal. Nobody really knows. And you know what? BCM is too tight on music anyways. Man, they're whacked out. They're a little crazy. But you know what? I'm just going to come. That's your heart? Graduation, diploma, pendulum will swing way out the other direction. And you'll be the ones that I'll be listening to talk about. Man, BCM, you guys are crazy. You guys are nuts. Well, you're the one that, did, that took this and tossed it out into the wayside. It's not about us. I have a heart for you young people. You got to understand who God is. You got to understand who God, what God wants for you. It's not about this college. God gives examples, and I'll just go through a couple of them. Cain's offering, Genesis 4, he didn't accept it. Nadab and Abihu, strange fire, God killed them. 2 Samuel 6, Uzzah touched the ark. He was killed. David was upset. The problem was they used the worldly method. The Philistines took the same method just a little bit before this in the scriptures, and they sent the ark back to Israel on a cart. That was completely not what God wanted and not what God commanded. Well, they used the worldly method, and guess what happened? Well, people's lives were hurt. Somebody's lives was, was taken. and God was sending a message, hey, don't mess around with what I tell you. As a command. Well, God doesn't say, don't listen to this particular group. But God does give principles. And if you get closer to God and you understand his heart and what he wants and his holiness, and you see that is the standard, not as what you feel. Young people, every single day, guys and girls, we always give girls a hard time, but guys, you are some of the most emotional people on the planet. You know it too. Right, Pastor Swanson? Oh, I'm not emotional. 
Stoic. Man, behind that, I could probably poke and tears would come flying out. Oh, I know I can't do it. The girls probably do it out loud. You do it inside. And you're all up and down, the emotions. And so what's changing? Well, my feelings. So what are you going to do? I'm going to listen to something different. I'm going to feed my feelings. I'm telling you right now, the standard of God's holiness doesn't change. And you might not feel so good. You might not feel so whatever. And I'm telling you right now, God's standard doesn't change. You know, I must be honest with you. Just because it feels hot doesn't mean we should get immodest. Take clothes off. No! Man, I'm, it's been hot the last couple of days. Well, there's principles of modesty. Keep your clothes on. The world says take them off. The Bible says be modest. Okay, we keep them on. So there's things here. God's standard. Whatever you feel, well, I feel like I, want, I, need, I, need to, I need to. No, God's standard is holiness. God says don't be like the world. So don't be like the world. Don't make choices in your music. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know, we have a list and we have things. We need to, you know, the bigger the college gets, the harder it is to check your music. The more, you know, these streaming things and all these Spotify and Apple music. It's almost impossible now. And I'm telling you what, we are training leaders and leaders should know how to lead people. If you can't even take, make decisions about your own life and I can't make decisions about my life that are simple things about following God, then how can we lead anybody else? As Pastor Zempel will talk about training generational, we're not just training you, we're training you so you can train others. Well, if you don't know what you're, what you're doing with it, how can you train somebody else? It's a big deal. It's all based on the standard of God's holiness. I could go on and on and on and on about a lot of different things. Today, uh, the big thing in music is, well, it's just amoral. Amoral basically means there's no good or bad in music. God doesn't care what music kind of music you use. The world's definition of Christian music, this is from Christianity Today, a leading uh, magazine in Christian, this is 10 years ago, probably now. Their definition, instead of the one I gave, the longer one, their definition is this. Christians involved in music. You see a problem with that? What does that open the door to? Everything. Anything you want at any time. Okay? It keeps the list at Christians involved in music. That doesn't even follow anymore. There are not salvation. You know what Christians means? Somebody who says, I believe in Christ. Well, obviously the devils believe in him also. There are a lot of Christian artists that are not saved and are on the band, stages of churches and major CCM churches that our fundamental churches use their music. Oh, by the way, composed by unsaved people. I'm talking leading independent Baptist churches today are using music by people that have no clear salvation testimony. None whatsoever. It is ironic that some of the strongest churches... Man, they are strong on soul winning. You better get out there and see people say, man, they are strong in the Bible version. Man, you use the King James Version. Man, you are strong on this. And man, they'll use whatever they want to from the music of who? Unsaved. They don't, if they use the Bible, they'd probably use some, I mean, NIV would be like really good. Their dress standards are unbelievably awful. They live in an immoral lifestyle. They, they literally live shacking up with different people. And we're using their music? Does that make does this seem strange to you? Ever? 
these strong churches. Man, we got to lead out in so many. Man, we're all about so many. Lead out in prayer. I'm all about that. But then we take the music of, the, to be perfectly honest, Satan, the music of what he has composed, doesn't make any sense. Music is a moral thing. Exodus 32 gives that very clearly. Exodus 32 talks about the sound of war. Moses comes down and Joshua says, what's going on? It's the sound of war. And Noah's the sound of music. It was the sound of praise to a false god. You know, there was a um, the big leading, there's a leading uh, group, and I'm going to name it today. I appreciate this guy in the sense of the fact that he's doing a work for God, but I feel like it's really going the opposite way. I've met him. I've talked to him. Um, not about music, but I need to. Josh Tice. He's a leader in my generation. He started a church out of his father's church in Las Vegas. His church um, became very quickly closer to a new evangelical church. Today they have a full worship team with electric guitars and a full trap on the stage. They call themselves the Independent Baptist Church. They just started using, they, dropped, they just dropped the King James Version. The pastor doesn't preach in anything resembling a tie. None of them do. Uh, jeans, you know, the whole works. It's very, you know, the whole dark and all the spotlights and everything. And he does, he does travels around and does he and some other guys do what they call an idea day. I'm just being straight out here. And they will talk about what, you know, and these are independent Baptist guys my age. Unfortunately, I'll tell you a couple of graduates from our college have gone to these idea days. Led by a guy who called himself an independent Baptist, Baptist preacher, and he's probably a great guy. I mean, I've talked to him. He's a really sweet, sweet, sweet guy. But a guy who has taken a left turn on music. And there are books out now on different things that these, these guys are pushing that literally take the entire argument of music and call it, there's no, music is completely amoral. Completely amoral. It's all based on you. It's not based on any of the music. That's an insult to all of us who are musicians, because that's not true. Okay, if, if music was amoral, then why does Muzak, who does all the music for um, um, uh, big department stores, have you heard the different stuff? You go to different sides of the stores and there's different kinds of music. You ever heard that? Like you walk out of the men's department and there's different ones in like the ladies' side or the different ones in the kids'. Did you ever hear that? In big department stores? Well, they do it on purpose because guys respond to different music than girls do. And they do it differently. Why, you know, there's, there's different areas. Why do, why do when you walk into a, you know, a dentist's office, why is there not hard rock playing? We laugh. Oh, what do they play? They always play smooth jazz. Always. Always. Why? Easy listening music. Because they're trying to... You know, you get in there and you know, as long as you can, call them before you scream, you know? Seriously. There's a purpose. And by the way, there's a reason for that. I can, I, I'll get into that in my class. But they're trying to do that on purpose. They know what they're doing. It affects you. I, as a composer... I could, and I'm not waving my flag by saying this, I'm just being honest with you. I could give me five minutes that could have everybody in here crying. Right? Everybody crying. I know the buttons to push without I would write or play or sing. 
I know what could get you guys dancing around the room and, and just, I mean, I could change your mood, play some music. And by the way, I did this in Peru. I proved it with unlearned uh, music people. And where's Dolly? There she is. I don't know if you don't think you were there, but people there. And they don't know about, much about music. But I did this there at Afata, and I played all kinds of different music. Pastor wanted me to do that. Pastor um, Akapas. I went from, I mean, all kinds, all good music, but all kinds of extremes of emotions. And man, I'm telling you, I had one lady literally go from crying, tears, in, I, don't, I was just playing a song. Just, that's a classical song. She was crying. I could see the tears from like, you know, about like Tristan. That's how far out she was. I could see the tears coming out of her face. Within minutes, she was tapping her foot and smiling and talking to her husband. Folks, it affects you, okay? Why do you, when you're feeling down, why don't you go play a Susan march? You don't want to hear a Susan march. You want to be soothed, right? Right? What I'm telling you is this, folks. Your soul, God, God made that. And God created music. And he knows and understands what it's all about. Music is not immoral. Uh, there's something, something that's uh, coming out big time, and it's that ethereal sound. You ever heard of that ethereal sound that starts? Like a lot of those, those rock concerts or even CCM things, it's like this underlying sound. It kind of grows with the, with the music. It's like its own instrument. It's something that actually just got invented, uh, really not invented. It was going on before I was on a keyboard, but there's actually a, a, a new company out that does this, and they have four different sets of it. And they delays come out. They just come out with a cinematic one. That's more cinematic, more epic. They call it. They have minor ones and, made, and basically they set it up for a mood. And this group, this this idea day, they basically had a breakout session for music. And they talked about, they talked about one of our guys who was, uh, uh, actually Pastor Ingram went just to get fired up. And he went there and uh, he went there and heard them say that this this particular thing. I'm not going to say what it is so nobody looks it up. But they they um, they were they were saying if you want emotional if you want an emotional mood for your service, then use this. And if you want a different emotional mood for your service, then use this. What are you trying to do? Oh, music's not amoral. Music's amoral. They are manipulating their services with music. Folks, it's truth. It's not the music. The music should be beautiful. It should be good. It should be well-written. It shouldn't be cheap. But I'm telling you, it is the vehicle for the truth of the Word of God. That's all it is. And if that gets in the way, then we're going to toss that out. We're going to try again. Okay? That's a big deal. It's not, music is very more, I could go through, I could go through all kinds of quotes that people could tell you, hey, music is, is a moral thing. I don't have a lot of time, but I got to do a couple more things here. Um, one second, I got to, I know I was going to have to take a pause here. One second here. Um, let's see. All right. Rick Warren gave a, uh, a quote. And it's funny. Um, he tried to knock, knock the morality of music, but he kind of went backwards. I reject the idea that music styles can be judged as either good or bad music. Who decides this? The kind of music you like is determined by your background and culture. Music is nothing more than an arrangement of notes and rhythms. It's the words that's, that's like words are an arrangement of letters. So. Words are not a problem, right? Follow the logic here? Music is nothing more than an arrangement of notes and rhythms. So if that is true, then no word is wrong. 
Oh, unless it's in your culture, it's wrong. But it's the words that make a song spiritual. There is no such thing as Christian music, only Christian lyrics. If I were to play a tune for you without any words, you wouldn't know if it's a Christian song or not. Thank you. You just proved my point. Let me write the songs of a nation. I care not who writes its laws. Back said back in the time of Athens, um, a lot of different people quoted stuff about music and it being very powerful. From the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, let's not quibble. The music's message is clear, and adding the words Jesus Christ to the lyrics does not make one bit of difference. The music inevitably overwhelms the best intentions of the lyrics. And let me say this right now. Jesus Christ is not in three-quarters of the worship songs we do. God, the words of our Savior, they're not there. They're just saying it. And let me just say this right now. I was reading a couple articles last night about the words of some of these people. Let me just read one of the words. You know the group, you probably have heard the group Casting Crowns. There's a song called Your Love is Extravagant. These are the, this is the lyrics to, and Casting Crowns is in the top 10 of the most popular songs right now in Christian. They're the number one Hills song is most, most represented, but uh, Casting Crowns is second. Your love is extravagant. Your friendship, it is intimate. I feel like moving to the rhythm of your grace. Your fragrance is intoxicating in our secret place. Your love is extravagant. Now, Christ gets mentioned in the next part, but if I sang that, would you have a problem with that? Who, would, who am I singing that to? You catch what I'm saying, folks? Can I say something? These songs are done on the stages of independent Baptist churches. I could pull up right now their services. Where are the songs that actually come from revival and come from a heart that has changed? I could go on. I can't. For time's sake, I got to give you some examples and I'm going to get out of here. I want to play you. I think this is still rolling. I'm going to play you the service. It's five months ago and it's taking a leave or whatever it is, but this is the service from an independent Baptist church that calls itself independent Baptist strongly, but has full drums on the stage. The name of the song is I Wanna Be Close. W-A-N-N-A. I Wanna Be Close. skip a little bit here. Now, not to make it light of it, but the drummer's not real good. <laughs> so, if you're from the world, you came to this church, you'd be like... But... So... This is an independent Baptist church. Got a problem with that, folks? Listen, and I'm just playing it loudly for you. Listen, to this. this is in our independent churches. What was I saying five years ago in our class? 
Mr. Ewer back in those days. Five, what was I saying? That's going this way with our churches. And it wasn't just me saying it. It was a lot of guys saying it. And guess what, where we're going? We had guys in our movement who said, well, I'm not in CCM. I'm just on the edge. Oh, thanks for helping the next generation dive off the cliff. Let's play one more thing for you. Brendan, I might need your help here with your speaker. Hold down the pair until it beeps. Not a pair, it's pairing. Okay, beep. See, we're in business. We got it. Okay. I know technology unless I don't know it. Okay. Done this for some of you guys. Some of you have heard this, but I want you to hear this. This is... This is the same, um, the same group that endorses or writes His Robes for Mine, some of those songs. Okay, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of your churches do those songs. Um, something media, I can't remember the name of it. Um, I'll pull up here in a second. Uh, that, uh, that same group, oh, it's uh, Church Works Media. They, this is one of the composers on their group, and they're on this. This is from a very Calvinistic um, look at David Brainerd, a video. This is a music video. The picture of the guy in the, in the video, if you can see him, long hair, electric guitar. That's not electric guitar, but there's one that come in. A couple electric guitars. Long hair, past his shoulders. That's a trap set, by the way, playing. This is more... Perhaps it's in view. That's even more mainstream than the other song, I, church I played for you. Some of you have sung the songs by that same group. Young people, I could play you the, I could play you the, the clip of, um, uh, where is it here? Just give me one second. I could play you this clip. Ever heard of Northland Baptist Bible College? That's them. They don't exist anymore, folks. Young people, what am I saying? It's a big deal. And you may not come out of college lining up with every T and dotting every I where Baptist College ministry. That is not the point. You better cross your T's and dot your I's where God is. And I can tell you right now, that's not where God had those people doing it. Young person, if you have no clue about music, find out. I, where a lot of us are busy, but hey, if you, want, if you are genuinely wanting to know about music, some of you have emailed me, email me again. I will set up a time, and I'll do what I can to talk to you about as much as I can. Open your heart to God. He's the best one that can teach you. He will teach you. Young person... Can you praise the Lord with a heart that's full, a heart that's free? Is your heart overflowing? Or does your life have tendencies that head this direction? 
Some of you in here are fighting back what I'm saying right now. I pity you. I really do. It's not what I'm saying. God offers you the most incredible life. <laughs> but compromise in the smallest form will grow up into a massive tree and will overtake you and destroy you from the, from the deepest part of you. It might not come out now, but it will come out. Young person, we love you. We want the best for you. And in the area of music, it's a big deal here at Baptist College Ministry. It follows the church, and we will not back down. I was just talking to my brother about this just a few weeks ago. We are unashamed of what we believe about music. The more the world compromises and the more our movement compromises, the more I say we are not compromising. How many of, us, how many of you would stand with us? Not just in music. Lifestyle choices. Holiness. Why not? Be a generation that actually believes that God can use you the way he wanted to use you. Not just oh, half being used and I'll just do this. By the way, do you think your music choices and your lifestyle choices affect your burden for souls? That same church that I played for you off of here, they don't believe in door-to-door sewing. They don't believe in sewing now. They just put out, do out mailings and lifestyle communications. Hmm. Do you think it affects their life? It does, and it will affect yours too. But God can do amazing work through your life. Even if you don't know anything about music, God can work in your life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for these young people. I know we went long, Lord, but I thank you for your word. I pray the principles there would be strongly uh, effective in our lives. Before we close in prayer, I just want to ask one question. I'm going to say, Mr. Van.